0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Welcome guys to Believe in Tennessee, where
0: we talk about Tennessee football. we about to get after. I'm your, I'm your host, Jay Graham. Guys, we got a great show today. We got a special guest. Um, he's on the morning show it's the best show in knoxville uh it's the morning show he's the co-host of the uh, 99.1 the sports animal he's the man on the vol network talking baseball doing the play-by-play and color analyst for baseball also doing the pre-game and post-game for football and basketball um also does friday night lights high school football with yours truly Give it up for the man. He's also my mentor in this whole thing. He's got he's gotten me started, and I got the itch. And then and, and this it's been great, Vince Ferrar.
1: Welcome, Vince. Jay Graham, what a pleasure to talk to you. We're doing radio in reverse. We usually have you on as a guest, and obviously, you great analyst for high school football for us on AM990. And you can listen to those games on the app stream too. So go to the download WNML yes. mobile app, click on live stream, and then Sports animal 2, and you can hear our games wherever you're at. You can hear Jay this Friday night, West at Central. Great game, yeah. so uh, that'll be cool for everybody to check out. So, man, you know what week it is, right?
0: <laughs> I we do. Are all, you know,
1: you know, things are
0: different this week, right? Because, because yeah. you know, you go over and fill it in the air. So, Vince, I go back to my freshman year, right? So, it's 1993. Um, you know, your freshman year, I'm, this is one of the first games I'm getting to play. We play Georgia, and then we're going down to the Swamp. I know nothing about the Swamp. And I get down there, I'm on kickoff kick off return, right? And it is hot. It's like heat index of 123 down there. I mean, it's hot. And I'm out there on the field. We had to wear two, two different uniforms. We had to change uniforms for the second half. But I'm looking, at, and it's so loud down there. And I'm just like, this is SEC football. It's amazing. You know, and then I countered down the line and I, I realized I had to block Kevin Carter on kickoff. He was on Ooh. kickoff. I was like, wait a second. What happened here? <laughs> you know, how did this matchup happen? But we blocked him and Billy Williams was running up and down the field of those kickoff returns. you know. But that was that that first experience, you know, going to an away game for me was the swamp. So um I've always loved it. You know, I've been there, you know, six times as a player and a coach. Love the energy down there. And um. I know you saw the tweet that I sent out, you know, it can be it can be loud as, it can be the loudest place in the country or it can be as quiet as a Walmart parking lot. You know, <laughs> in the middle of the night, it can, you know, and if you play the right kind of football, you can always silence the fans. But that's any stadium. But they can get loud down there.
1: Well, Jay, as you know, there's a number of newcomers on this team. There are 16 either freshmen or two freshmen that made their debuts this season in the Virginia game. There's nine more transfers that are first-year players that haven't experienced a true road game at Tennessee and at an SEC rival like this that's going to have the volume and the venom that will be coming from the stands in Gainesville. So it will be a new experience. Every game so far for Tennessee has been a brand-new experience for these guys, right? You got Nashville, you got a pro stadium there, Nissan Stadium. First time just wearing the uniform for a lot of guys. Then you had first time in front of a sellout crowd at Neyland Stadium. So maybe there are some jitters for certain guys there. Now you have a first-time experience on the road against a hated rival. So there may be some some growing pains. There may be some tough moments, maybe even early on. While guys get acclimated to it, you hope there's not much of that for Tennessee fans, but it, it is it is a new first time experience that will be pretty unique.
0: I was listening to our our new tight end Callen, you mm-hmm. know, he was talking, and I just love his personality. He was making me yeah. laugh. He was like, "I'm looking forward. I'm excited to go play, you know, in these stadiums." And he was talking about these things. He said, "Going out to, running out in, in on, you know, through the tee and going to Neyland Stadium. I guess he didn't go through the tee, but." Nealon stadium. It was so loud, you know, and cool, you know, so he had this excited look and he was like, I'm so excited to go down to the swamp and go play. And and that's the great thing about it is something about, you know, some guys have been through the experience, but he don't know. And he's just like, man, this is going to be
1: fun. You know? So that was something that I like. Yeah, you're right. He's one of those guys that are doing it for the first time. And he yeah. was actually my vault network pregame interview before the Virginia game, and I enjoyed talking to him so much. He, he can't wipe the smile off his face, too. He is very, very likable, and I asked him about that. I'm like, is that something you've always had about you as a, as a personality trait? He said, no, I'm just so happy here. My girlfriend's here. You know, family's seeing me play. They know I'm happy, and uh, just the coaching he's getting, how much he's developed, how much he's grown into his body, He's been a factor. Got in the end zone, obviously, last week for the first time. So uh, Tennessee's got two good tight ends in Warren and Ka- and McAllen Castles. Call him Cali. But uh, he, he's, he's going to, I think, be a really big target for Milton as the year goes on.
0: And it was great to hear him in the interviews. He gave Brew like the ultimate, con- Brew McCoy. And he was mm-hmm. like that block was yeah. actually better than my running play, you know, <laughs> for him to notice that. And that's yeah. the thing. Brew McCoy, people don't notice all the things he, he he's doing out there. I mean, you know, um, just his block right there, just the effort and strain, the way he runs every route. I mean, he he, he truly acts like a professional. He's a pro. And I've heard those guys mentioning about him several times about how he goes about um, getting prepared and how he goes about playing the game.
1: And Jay, he's taken him on a much bigger leadership role this year. And last year was his first year acclimating, and he wasn't fully healthy, but he was still very productive as one of Tennessee's leading receivers. Now he's had an entire offseason where he can be a leader, and he does so many things. He has great NIL where he uh, donates defibrillator machines for, for people that need it um as the season goes on so uh he's done he's got a cookie deal with with moonshine cookies this year that uh has been the case in the past and uh, he he is the vocal guy a lot of times when the team would get together in preseason practice breaking the huddle and the voice you hear and you hear his voice on the practice field uh he he's a dog like another 15 that wore that number Mm -hmm. in the orange and white that's now with the San Francisco 49ers at his same position and, and juice man, Jawan Jennings. Yes.
0: Yes. And he, he, he has a similar style, very physical, Mm -hmm. can make plays, uh, contested catches. So I'm looking forward to him, you know, having a great season. So how do we come out, you know, of Austin P I know they talked about the meeting and I love that anytime young men call their own meeting, um, to sit down and talk about, you know, kind of what we want to do. I mean, I love that, you know, the fact that the leadership council called that
1: meeting. Yeah, and we've had some fans interact with us and text in and say, like, hey, do you think the coaches told them to do that? No. <laughs> uh, no, they did not. That was the, the players. Now, here's the thing, Jay. When people hear players-only meeting, and I bet outside of the Tennessee fan base – you're going to have a lot of people running with a false narrative that the sky is falling, the walls are collapsing, they're forced to have a players-only meeting. What kind of control does Josh Heupel have of that team? That's not the case. There's none of that stuff. It's something, Amari Thomas mentioned it in the avails. This is something that they've done before. Whenever there's something they want to nip in the bud and get taken care of or just to refocus, make sure everybody is on the same page, remind them to have fun, not make too much of this week and put that extra unneeded pressure on yourself. That's what this is about, bringing everybody together and just crossing the T's and dotting the I's. For going into this week and flush what happened before and just get better, even though they got the win. So I, I agree with you. I think it's very much a positive, and, and we'll, we'll see what they do with it. But there's no doubt, Jay, whether it's the focus, whether it's just getting in sync in the passing game, whatever it is, got to get better than what they the way they performed against Austin P. It's not the end of the world. Doesn't define them. But it's it's I think overall to beat that new level of competition, it's got to get better.
0: Yes. And, you know, they're going to get better every week. I like what Hypo said in his interview on Monday when he was talking about uh, Joe Milton. He was saying he made good decisions, obviously. And he talked about it. You can throw it better and you can catch it better, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think it's on both sides. But, you know, the decision making is one of the most important It is the most important thing. You know, obviously you can work on, you know, hitting the pass, uh, you know, throwing a better pass or catching it, um, but decisions, you know, and that's the thing that I noticed watching the game that the decisions were good, you know, and um, you, you can, you can improve with that. You know, that's the thing that I see, but like, okay. So we came out of the game healthy, right? You know, my biggest question is how was Cooper, you know, cause I guess he could have played last week. And they said, hey, let's hold you now. You know, and I think I think that's great because you're developing depth at the center position, you know, and they're doing a good job in there. Um, and, um, you know, I'm just wondering how Cooper's doing. You know, I know how Cooper is. You know, his mindset, just like Coach Heipel said, if he's playing, he's 100% and he's going to fight him to the end.
1: Right. And Heipel ex- expected him to have a good week of practice. And that's what seems to be happening so far this week. We'll talk to... Josh Heupel uh, one more time before this weekend and and get an update. Although he's not always very forthcoming in in those uh, those those last gets, right? I know, I know. That's the book that they're handed when they when they get their big contract. They're also told (laughs) here's what you don't say, and and they go by the coach speak. But Josh Heupel does a good job of, of joking with the media and and trying to soften the delivery of not really telling you too much insight, but Uh, And that's why it's really cool. I'll get back to your question. That's why it's really awesome that Tennessee makes so many players and coaches available because Mm. you can still learn about the team. You can still learn about the personalities. You can get some more information. And Josh Heupel doesn't demand to be the one voice of the program like a lot of other schools do. And so he rotates through the entire assistant staff. And we get a chance to hear from all of them. So it's it's awesome. I, I think that Tennessee is, is in a good place because of Cooper Mays. Now, what's interesting is both teams, Jay, look like they're going to get their starting centers back or have a good chance to see what the final decisions are. But Kingsley at Guaken is maybe Florida's best offensive lineman, and he's got a chance to return this week, too. I think Cooper Mays for Tennessee. Back to your question, Jay. I think he's ha- got a chance to help the passing game, help Joe Milton, just help the offense be more in sync. Don't you think?
0: Yes, because when you talk about tempo, who controls it? Right. It starts with the center. Yeah. He makes the quick calls. He's going to make everybody up front feel calm. Not that we're not taking away from what you know, Davis and Ollie Lang. Those guys have done a great job. Right, they've done a great job. You know, but they're not Cooper. You yep. know, and, and they know that. They would say the same thing. The comfort level and what they're able to do, you know, he is the key to the offense. One of the
1: most important positions on offense is the center. Yep. And the protections too. Like he maybe take yep. some of that load and help make sure he and Joe Milton are in sync. And I think, you know, where else it'll, it might pay off if Cooper's in there is the red zone. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Jay, they slowed down that tempo in the red zone to make sure that everything is in the right place. I think they're slowing down even more in the red zone this year because they have so many new parts. They have a new quarterback. They've had all that shuffling on the offensive line, including at center. They have new receivers. So I think they're slowing down even more. If Cooper's in there and guys now have a third game to be more in sync, they may still be able to keep up a little bit better tempo in the red zone and catch some some teams in, in Georgia, specifically Florida, off balance and maybe take advantage of what they try to do all the way up the field. And that's get teams tired out with that tempo.
0: Yes. And you, you saw it, um, just talking about Florida's defense, Mm -hmm. you know, you saw it with Utah, Utah did some things, I mean, and really had them in disarray. You know, I went back and watched the game. I mean, the communication, I mean, sometimes they went fast. Um, they showed them different, um, looks, different, different types of plays. And, um, you know, um, that's the thing that I'm looking at. You know, um, our tempo, our pace. Um, there's some big old defensive linemen, and I don't know if you're on the field, how do you get off the field mm-hmm. with that type of pace? And, um, that it, it just changes your, your, um, you know, your calls defensively, it changes the look. You know, you can't be in certain defense, you can't be in a heavy defense, you can't be in a first down, second down defense, and then switch to third down. So, you know. The big thing about the tempo is you never know
1: when they're going to go fast or or if they're going to take their time. 100%. And that's, an, I think, another benefit of having Cooper in there to where they can maximize their tempo and then also in the red zone not quite have the drop-off. Because what was happening, Austin P was comfortable substituting when Tennessee yeah. was on offense. Like, who does that? When Tennessee <laughs> is, is rolling right. with that tempo – like they just feel like they can sub and, and, and that's it uh, without Tennessee subbing. Uh, I I think that, I think if Cooper comes back, it's going to settle a lot of things. You probably won't see the rotation on the O-line either with them moving a lot of guys in and out. And I would love to see them if Cooper is back and and he's able to play hundred percent like they expect, leave the five in there, Lane at left guard, Campbell at, left tackle, Spragans doesn't go anywhere at right guard, and then Crawford at right tackle. Roll with that five and let them have that chemistry, and chemistry not only together, but with Joel Milton, too, who's still trying to get used to everybody. Cooper is such an important puzzle piece.
0: Yes, he is, and I love Joe, just his temperament. You know, I was watching – I was at the game watching him, you know, when he came off the sidelines. You know, it wasn't a great play. He didn't complete the third down. But the way his body language, I mean, that's the key. His body language was so good the entire game. And I mean, sometimes you got to whether you have a great play or a bad play, your body language has to be upbeat. You got to carry that type of energy. And I was just surprised. I was, you know, pleasantly surprised by the way he's handling things right now.
1: And you saw it in the post game. I thought he handled himself just fine in, in the post game. And then, you know, you've heard part of the, the players only reports, and, and it, that, that players only meeting did happen because the players have talked about it. But part of what the reports are out there was that Joe Milton was take, put, taking all the responsibility on his shoulders and said, that's on me. Now, I love that, but got to make sure that Joe maybe doesn't try to put too much pressure on himself. Right. You don't, you don't want him to now play even more conservative or try to get out of character to put more responsibility on himself that he has to fix things. He's got playmakers. He trusts those playmakers and believes in them. He told his wide receivers that they were the best wide receiver unit in the country. So he's got to play to, what his strengths are, and not try to do too much. So that would be my only concern with that. But, Jay, he's he he he's got – I was a big believer and still am in Joe Milton. He doesn't have to be Hendon Hooker. I didn't anticipate him being Hendon Hooker. They can still win a lot of games if he's not Hendon Hooker, but he's very good, especially with that defense being improved, which I know we'll get to. Just, just be Joe Milton and not try – to get out of who you are and not revert back to throwing those fastballs. You saw it. Right. And, in, 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 you know, we talked to He Shuler earlier this week uh, on, uh, on Sports Talk, and he was like, man, saw a little bit of him reverting back to those fastballs. I never saw that in practice, Jay. I'd go to a bunch of get those you. practices during the avails. He had beautiful touch on the deep balls. He wasn't overthrowing those short to intermediate throws. Granted, against air but he can't let the the moments get him too emotional to where he's kind of revert back to the things that he fixed in practice, which was mechanics, w- which was an off-speed pitch, and just the feel of the type of throws that you need in the moment. He's capable of it. Just got to make sure he is calm in those moments and has that good response like you talked about he did in those moments where he didn't make it the best play.
0: Yes, well... I I'm 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 a big fan and I and I believe in Joe and I think Joe's gonna have a great game coming up this weekend. I I wanna ask you a question, okay? Okay let's just go by position, right? Mm-hmm. And let's just just versus right. So if we we got O line, right? So which one you taking? You taking the balls O-line or you taking the Gators O-line?
1: Well, I'm taking Tennessee's. I think Tennessee, even though they've had some fluctuation there. They've been able to run the ball really effectively in two games. Florida ran the ball much better against McNeese State. Uh, they couldn't run the ball at all against Utah. Now, I think a factor, a little asterisk in it for both, is that both of them have had one of their better offensive linemen not there in their starting centers. Kingsley Guakin is arguably Florida's best offensive lineman. A lot of the people that cover the Gators will tell you that. So he upgrades them, but I think Cooper Mays upgrades Tennessee and I think Tennessee has kept Joe Milton clean and they've run blocked really well. you had of course, if you're looking for a tiebreaker, John Campbell's block into the stands in uh, in that game yeah. that that I think could be a, a tiebreaker but I would take Tennessee's unit over Florida's
0: I'm taking it I'm taking Tennessee's O line by a lot okay. I think we 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 do a good job of getting the calls out. The, I look at technique. I think our technique is good. And when you're in pass protection, you know, you got to have that line, right, that, that straight line. When I look at Florida's uh, offensive line, I think they set on different levels. Um, they've been hit on some of the twist game and stuff like that. Just looking from um, watching the games, because the tackles have set so wide and set so, so deep, um, I think their quarterback sets a whole lot deeper sitting 9 yards in the back backfield when he drops back for pass but you know they've been able to run the ball uh, pretty well at Florida and um but they haven't run the ball like we have so you know I agree with you you know I might be a little bit more I'm not biased right now I'm I belie- <laughs> just believe this now but I, when I watch the tape when I watch it objectively you know I see the technique we're all stepping together and um I see a little lack of technique when I look at Florida's offensive line
1: it was one of the, their bigger questions going into the year. So I, I agree with you. I would take Tennessee.
0: Okay. Defensive line. Defensive line right here. Who are you going with? You
1: going with the Gators or the, or the Vols? I'm also taking Tennessee for a couple of reasons. One, Florida doesn't have any stars on their D line. They've done a good job. They're physical there, but they don't have any of those two first round type of guys. I think even though they've been pretty physical and done a decent job against the run, Tennessee has developed depth in the preseason. They were pretty deep last year. They're even better on that D line. Then you get into the rabbit package, as you know. You slide Tyler Barron in. You have four athletic that can move the line of scrimmage. Oh, by the way, now Tennessee is getting edge pass rush from Joshua Josephs and James Pierce, two really talented, long, athletic second year guys at the Leo spot to go with a solid guy in Roman Harrison. And Omar Norman Lott has been awesome, a difference maker. Arguably, Tennessee's second best defender when Peely's not in there, right? I Mm -hmm. I think he's played at that level behind Beasley, who's playing, frankly, at an All-American level. Uh, To me, that D-line is three deep, probably go deeper than than they even are showing so far if they wanted to. Uh, Rodney Garner does an amazing job, as you know, so I, yeah. I, I definitely would go with Tennessee's defensive line right now. Oh, they're the number one team in the country in tackles for loss and sacks. So there there's, there's your numbers to back it all up too. And you look at it. I'm gonna go
0: the four inside guys. And you know, I love Omar Norman, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's a, he's a powerful guy and I mean, his energy, the way he plays the game. And if you take that, that, Push play and push pause really quick. He's already off on that first step. Yeah. I mean, he he is up in that lineman's face. As soon as the ball is snapped, he's capturing the neutral zone. All those guys are really good inside. And now we got that, uh, that rotation. And I'm going to tell you what, Pierce, I mean, how do you stop him? I mean, he is really good pass rushing. And the thing that I see with our guys, um, we lost a little bit of it but I think we're going to get it back at times. Um, we lost a little bit of it last week, but our pass rush lanes and our pass rush uh, discipline is really good. And that's the thing. I look at uh, uh, the flip side, Florida. They do have some guys. they always going to have guys up front. Um, you know, they don't get off the ball the same. Obviously, it's not the same defensive scheme, um, but they don't get off the line of scrimmage the same. You don't see them capturing that neutral zone. They line up really off the ball. Um, a little bit more than um, they should. Maybe that was a game plan for the week, Um, but they line up off the ball and um, they just haven't, you know, I haven't seen it yet where um, they've made individual plays, but I'm talking about Denton and line and scrimmage everybody together and, you know, giving the running back no choices. So, you know, those are the things that I see out of our guys. Obviously tackles for loss, sacks, we're able to do those things, but the difference is they all get off together and they they all push that line of scrimmage back.
1: And, Jay, when the linebackers for Tennessee, whether it's Beasley or Peely in game one, when they adjust guys, that front six, because it's typically a 4 two, 5 they move in sync, in unison, yes. as one, connected. That's something you see from Georgia's defense. I don't remember seeing that last year. I think that's an area of improvement, their communication yes. and all moving as one.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. We're going to go to linebackers. Who are you
1: taking right here? You taking the Gators or the balls? Uh, I I don't think that's Florida's best unit. I think I would take Tennessee. I mean, Aaron Beasley, like I said, is playing at an all, all American level continuing what he did in last year's orange bowl. Even the young guys when Beasley slides over to Mike from will and you bring in an Arian Carter, uh, they're super athletic and shoot the gaps and he's a former running back there. And, They've played uh, also Jeremiah T. Lander and Elijah Herring, freshman and a a sophomore. So regardless of who they play in there, it's worked for them overall. So they're not perfect in terms of of their assignments. But, no, Beasley carries that group. Even without P.E. Lee uh, in the lineup, and they won't have him for this game, I I would definitely take Tennessee.
0: Beasley is playing at an All-American level. I mean, he does so much for the defense, Mm -hmm. you know, in coverage – Pass rushing. He is phenomenal pass rusher. You know, I think that's going to be the difference in the game. Um, um g- going against their running backs, you know, when it's when it's a ma- it's a mismatch against Beasley. I don't, uh, you know, he passed, he's one of the best pass rushing linebackers in college football. I really do think that. Um, just his ability to pass rush and get off, and even if the guy's punching him to reset and re-rush, um, you got to block him twice, two and three times in order to keep him out of there. So um, you know, I'm impressed by how he's played. All those linebackers can run. They can run sideline to sideline. They can cover, um, you know, they can shut down tight ends. Um, but they're they're playing together and they're playing smart and Beasley's the key to that. Um, they look to him for communication. He does a great job with that. And um just they do so much. Uh, Coach Banks or DC, he does so much with those linebackers. Um, Beasley's the key, I think to all of that. So I'm excited about that. And when I compare them with Florida's linebackers, the Florida's linebackers, they do some good things. Um, um, I don't see the same. Um, I would say that's probably the strong point of their defense. You know, if you go between that and the DBs is kind of, kind of tied. Um, that's where they, they have their talent. Um, but I don't see the same thing as far as tearing off blocks. Um, they get downhill really fast but I don't see a lot of reading and dissecting plays like our linebackers do. Let's get to the prediction. Okay. (laughs) We were, I see where it's leaning. That's why we went by position, a couple of positions, but
1: you know, um, what do you think, what is your prediction and what's your score? Vince? Jay, I have Tennessee winning 31-17. to 17. I think there's going to be moments where it's still not going to be pretty. Obviously, the competition levels up, but I think you'll see Tennessee play better as well. Then the road environment, going to give Florida some points from that also. Still some newcomers in new places, but I think Tennessee has the better roster. I think they have the better coaching staff, and this coach, this team will be a little bit sharper. I think the the defense will carry the day for them, and you'll see them find ways to separate from Florida and then, you know, extend out late to win by a couple of scores,
0: 31-17. I agree with you.
1: I went with a little
0: bit higher score. I okay. think uh, 45 to 28, somewhere in that range. I think we're going to get the, – the, the difference is going to be the turnovers. I think we're going to be – we're going to win that turnover battle. Um, I think we're going to win the special teams battle. I could see a punt getting blocked in this game, us getting a punt block. Um, you know, I, th- I know Eckler be ready for it based on what I'm seeing on tape. That's just mm-hmm. what I think. But I think we're gonna make plays. I think Joe Joe Milton's gonna have a great game, but I think those running backs for us, uh Wright, Samson, you know, and Smalls are gonna gonna run, run up and down that field and we're gonna we're gonna outrush Florida's uh rushing
1: attack. Special teams, big advantage for Tennessee. That's been a little shaky in some areas for Florida, and Tennessee's great in uh, almost all areas. So I agree. Well, Vince, you know it, man. I'm looking forward to Friday. I'll be
0: I'll be down there on the sidelines. We're we'll going to get after it, but I really appreciate your time and your expertise, and uh, go Vols. We're going to get after it right here and go down yeah. to the swamp, and um, you're welcome anytime here on Believe in Tennessee. Thank you for listening to Believe.